0: Today's episode is brought to us by Umbra's sunglasses. They are armless. They have a cord. They're amazing. I love mine. I can take them anywhere. They won't fall off while I mountain bike. And if you would like to get a pair, go to Instagram, find Umbra's, O-M-B-R-A-Z, send them a message, and they're giving away three free pair this month. Something else I like to take with me anywhere is a couple packs of CS instant coffee. If I can't drag along all my coffee equipment, I do have that option to have incredible coffee in the backcountry or anywhere I go. Go to csinstant.coffee and use the code adventure at checkout for a discount on their incredible instant coffee.
1: You know, I'm like 150 miles in, I'm by myself. I've been by myself for 5 hours like I'm going through so much mental stuff and i'm like trying in my head to to ground myself and say like hey remember what you're doing this for i like, keep going
0: this is the adventure sports podcast I'm trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life you're going to hear from explorers adventurers business owners and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual Today's episode definitely reminds me of one of the classic adventure sports podcast episodes where we where we talk about a sport that you know a lot of us may have never heard about or know knew existed, and uh, so it's it's really exciting episode because we really get to just talk about a, kind of a new emerging adventure sport that I think a lot of people you know will probably enjoy but maybe didn't know existed. Um, and today's guest is Caleb Smith, and he is a Ultra blader, inline skater, and blade packer. And if you're confused by what that last term meant, I think you'll know what you know rollerblading is. But uh, you know, I was pretty intrigued by his story. Uh, we talk about everything from the sport itself, what equipment you need, to his recent cross New Mexico, literally rollerblading tour. So imagine bikepacking or backpacking, but on rollerblades across New Mexico, over mountain passes, through deserts, on dirt roads. Uh, Yeah, you can actually go off-road on these things, too. It's pretty incredible. But he and his girlfriend um, do this together in Des Moines, Iowa, and we just talk about this world, this new emerging world, and how much fun it is, and and some of his goals and some of his achievements through blade packing and ultrablading. So if you want to hear more about Caleb's story, you can go to rollerblade.com bigwheelblading.com or kaleboston.blog and kaleboston kale with a k is also his Instagram and Facebook handle. And he did want me to give a shout out to his sponsors for the event. So I, I have no problem doing that and if any guests ever want me to, you know, shout out sponsors, more than welcome because, you know, in a lot of times the sponsors are what make the adventure happen. So first, you know, like I said before, check out rollerblade.com. Uh, for articles and content about the world content about the world of inline skating and then a goji resistance training pants they have resistance bands built inside improving your health fitness and athletic performance and as simple as putting on pants and then suaves shoes shoes for making people move suaveshoes.com all right let's get into the interview and hear about the renaissance of inline skating Where is uh, where are you coming from today? Uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, cool. All right. Is, is that home for you?
1: Uh, it is, yeah. Um, I grew up in central Illinois, and then I lived in central Iowa for six years. And then the last year and a half, I've been kind of living out of a backpack on the road, traveling everywhere. And we just moved back. We just uh, got a place in Des Moines four months ago.
0: Oh, sweet. I mean, what, what's it like in Des Moines?
1: Des Moines awesome, man. It's like You know, every time people ask me about Des Moines, they say we've only ever driven through Iowa on the interstate, but like Des Moines is a rad little city. It's full of like a ton of artists and musicians. We have really great food. We have a ton of breweries. Like it's a very bicycle friendly city. So for me, that like Mm -hmm. works out a lot. Like I can, I mean, we've got tons of trails and tons of bike lanes. Downtown's like really organized and really well maintained. And it's just like a friendly, nice little, it's like a big city that feels like a little city.
0: So so you grew up there. Now, you're 29, but you've been skating for 25 years, meaning, dude, you were little when you started. <laughs> Is that kind of the culture there? Is there a big culture? Did your parents get into it? like how, how did that happen?
1: Actually, the story of me starting was um, when my mom, she was a single mother when she was in college. She had me and my two sisters, and her and her friend got rollerblades when they were really popular in the nineties to get around from classes at college. And then she got me a pair and we just started skating around the driveway together and skating up and down the block. And then obviously she, you know, put hers away, but I, I never stopped. And it's just like, uh, I skated by myself for a while. And then, you know, as all little kids do, you know, I skated pretty regularly. And then in sixth grade, one of my friends got aggressive skates. And then that's when aggressive inline came out and, you know, ramp skating was cool and street skating was cool. And that's that's when it really took off for me and it became like a daily discipline. And yeah, that's been so many years ago now.
0: Oh, man. I, yeah, I feel like inline skating had like a heyday in the 90s with like X Games and stuff. I used to have a video game, I think called Extreme. It was on PlayStation and I used to play like inline skating and you'd go down like highways and stuff. But other oh, for than <laughs> that, I do not have any connection to inline skating at all. So there is a pretty solid following to it, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was so huge in the 90s. And then it just kind of, when they took it out of the X Games and with a lot of other, for a lot of other reasons, it kind of collapsed in on itself. Um, and it was left to like this small community of us to build it back up, which has been like a super blessing because we've had, you know, we've had a chance to really look at our sport internally and like really see where we wanted to take it. And it's, it's, it's like, it's shown the skaters who are really dedicated and passionate towards it because we've all kept through it. You know, like when I was a kid, the dream was to be a sponsored skater. And then as I got into my teens, it kind of died out and it was like, you know, that's impossible. You're never going to be a sponsored skater. And so that was the point where you're like, well, I I love this, so I'm not going to stop doing this. And you just, you know, years and years have gone by, and every year skaters say, this is the year, it's coming back. And strangely enough, um, in the last, like, five years, uh, aggressive roller skating has gotten really big, and it's like a female-led community, and somehow in combination with that, rollerblading is finally making its comeback. It's like it's got this sport that's so similar to it, on the rise, and it's just kind of like tagged along and is building itself back up, and it's really awesome to see and experience. But aside from that, yeah, not not a lot of people, you know, know about skating anymore. It's so funny how many times, that, you know, daily that I'm skating. People say, "Oh man, people still rollerblade."
0: <laughs> That's so funny, man. I, you know, I have to be honest. I, it's something I do not think about that much. But I had some friends in college that did it, but they were by no means like enthusiasts it was just they had some like by the front door and would go every once in a while but they weren't very good was there times from five years old till I don't know high school where you were just the only person doing this were you being made fun of at all like what was that experience like
1: (laughs) I've had so many chapters of that where uh when I was younger I was by myself um and then sixth grade all my friends started and then eighth grade they all quit so, the first three years of high school, I skated by myself. Um, and then a girl in my math class, she was like, Oh, I found out you skate. My boyfriend skates. So, I met him, and through him, I met the community of aggressive skaters around like central Illinois. Cause it got, it got so small that in my town, there was only one other skater. The town next to us, there was one other skater. So, you had to travel to meet other aggressive skaters. And so, yeah, there was a long time where I just skated by myself.
0: So what, what about it made you? Stick with it, because a lot of, especially kids, like they move on from fads. Like I have sports I was really into for three years, and then have never played again. What about it made you just stick with it for so long?
1: Oh man, the the freedom and the sense of expression. I, I get that. I get asked that question the most. I think, and it's definitely like the freedom you get and the 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 ability to express yourself. Because every single skater has their own style and their own ways of going about the sport. And I think that is unique to itself. There's a lot of sports where, you know, people might have their own style, but it's not necessarily unique to the person. And and with this sport, it's like, I have a family of skaters, but I'm also doing my own thing where I'm like, feel totally free, I can, you know, do exactly what I want to do and, and just express myself. And, and that's, I think my favorite, it's my favorite feeling when I skate.
0: It, it, I mean, just like the different ways you can skate, is that how, and just kind of the way you can move your body back and forth across all these different mediums?
1: Yeah. There's so many different types of skating, which is one aspect. And then just the, the movement alone, like you're not, you're not limited, like it's, it's kind of like dancing. You can dance in any way you'd like. And I've always been a person who's kind of afraid to dance, you know, like at weddings and, and such. Like I, it takes me a while to get out on the floor. But when I'm on skates, man, I like feel this crazy feeling where I can just move how I want. And I'm not afraid of, of what it looks like because it just feels so natural.
0: Man, that's so cool. It, you know, I was watching some videos of you. And honestly, from your looks, you honestly look like like a skateboarder. Like, you know, you got that, I don't know, that look about you. But, what you know, the skates that I've seen you wear and kind of just doing research on the culture, you, you kind of do the same thing skateboarders do. But then you can do what basically figure skaters are doing. Then you can do what cyclists are doing. Then you can do what literally hiking on trails with these all-terrain skates. It, it's like you can cover so much D- different types of ground with skates can you just kind of go over some of the basic I don't know the biggest buckets that skaters are in or or, or your favorite ones because it seems like you said just super broad
1: yeah there's there's a lot so I started out um aggressive skating and what what is that um so aggressive inline skating is like more tricks and stunts you're grinding down rails you're jumping off of ramps and you know jumping over gaps as big as you can go um and it's like it's a little bit more dangerous but it's a little bit more of like an instant rush like adrenaline that one is a lot more like the skateboarding it's more doing tricks and um then you got this resurgence in like the last six years of what um most people call it big wheel blading but it's just I would say, recreational skating. Um, we've got these bigger wheels. The, the aggressive wheels, you know, are like 55 millimeter, so they're small, like a skateboard wheel. And then for the big wheel blading, you go all the way up to 125 millimeter wheels, and you will got like three of those on a, on a skate, and that helps you cruise you know, as fast as cyclists can go. And then you've got smaller skates in the middle with 80 millimeter wheels, and you can set up different wheel types to be able to do slalom skating, and dance skating, and sliding, and uh, so many different types.
0: You said the resurgence of the subculture is kind of in the big wheel skating. And what are most people doing? Do they just kind of go out like on a bike path or something?
1: Yeah, a lot of bike path skating. There's In in most major cities now, there are um, weekly skate groups popping up. So they go out on like, uh, LA's got a Tuesday night skate, New York's got uh, like a Friday night skate. Atlanta's got a Friday night skate. And you go out and sometimes it'll be a mix of aggressive guys that are on big wheels. And then you've got, you know, some moms and dads that, you know, just skate for exercise. And then, you know, young kids that are getting into it. And you go out and you'll do eight or ten miles around the downtown area. And that's like, that's a really, that's becoming really big again. Because a lot of people are, you know, rollerblading And now it's coming back and they're saying, oh, yeah, this is really fun and it's really good exercise.
0: That's interesting. I have not. I live in Denver. I'm sure there is people doing it. I just have not seen it. It's a very active community. Um, And obviously there's a lot of great hills and mountains to make some pretty
1: fun routes, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They have a group called Dust. It's the Denver Urban Skate Troop. And I think they go maybe every Thursday. I'd, I'd have to check. I got a couple friends in that group, too. That's awesome. So
0: I mean for you, do you I mean, do you have a, a, a decent culture around you that likes doing the same type of skating you do? or are you kind of constantly sifting through the parents with kids that are I don't know, maybe doing it slow or maybe just doing it a different way?
1: Uh, here in Des Moines is actually very different, and I think that's the reason why I got put on the, the path that I'm on. Um, most all my friends here are aggressive skaters. And in our late, you know, mid to late 20s, we started reaching this point where we started slowing down. You know, a lot of us have jobs and are starting families and we don't want to get hurt. And it was like, you know, the next chapter of me finding myself skating alone. Um, So I skated alone so much in Des Moines. I started like training and just doing, it was when I first started doing real distance skating and I was by myself and I didn't have anyone else really to gauge off of. So, you know, finding out that like a Tuesday night group does 10 miles, 10 miles to me seemed like a regular thing. And then 20 miles to me seemed like a regular thing. And then 30 miles seemed like a regular thing. And, you know, I run in, it's really strange for me to run into other skaters in Des Moines because, you know, from, from one perspective, I, you know, I see that the sport did die out and there wasn't other skaters. So for a long time, I knew every single skater and so when you run into a a, you know a regular person and they're skating it in a way is really strange to me and I would say hey whoa you skate I skate too man and it's like this super awkward introduction of like (laughs) I'm looking for friends that also skate
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's interesting man I I bet it is tough
1: but I you know I was really thankful for that because it it gave me at a point in my life when I needed it, it gave me a lot of time to reflect and meditate. Um, I think it, you know, in your mid twenties, a lot of people, a lot of my friends are, you know, have been working careers right out of college or been doing something that they weren't sure about for a while. And we all kind of fall into that, like quarter life crisis of like, what, what am I doing? Or, why, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I, I hit that, and I hit that right when I was at the point where I was alone. And just being able to be free and to skate, you know, miles and miles every day alone gave me so much time to think about, like, what, what am I really doing? Why have I been skating all these years? You know, what do I want from this? Because, like, obviously things changed over the years. The idea of being a sponsored pro skater, you know, you know, being this cool guy that does tricks, like it all sort of shifted. And I'm really, I was really, you know, at first I was upset that I was alone, but then I became to really, really enjoy it and really um, be thankful for like the solitude and the alone time and the, the ability to like just meditate constantly. Sorry if I, if I mumble on, I'm trying not to ramble.
0: I know this is an ad, but this is actually how I feel. Ombra's sunglasses are amazing. They're armless and they just have a cord that connects the frame around your head. And my son can't pull them off my head like he pulls my other sunglasses off. They won Backpackers Magazine Gear Editor's Gear Choice of the Year. They plant 20 trees for every pair they sell. And honestly, guys, I, I wear them every day. I take them everywhere I go. I just wore them cycling the other day on a long trip. It was they—they just perform great. I love that there's no arms on them. I slip them in the pocket of my shirt or in my pants. I don't have to worry about breaking them. Fantastic glasses. I don't have to worry about them coming off if I'm wrestling around with my son or playing with my dogs. Uh, I, I really do enjoy them. Enjoy them, and I'm going to be buying more for myself. For the foreseeable future. I mean, they're just, they've totally changed the way I look at sunglasses. You can check them out too at ombras.com, O-M-B-R-A-Z.com. They make a great Christmas gift. I know you can't always make coffee the way you want to in a lot of the places that we go, you know, in the back country or on top of a mountain somewhere, but the good news is there is a great option for coffee in the back country and it's CS instant coffee they make big pouches that fill you know 20 ounce containers with fresh coffee just put some hot water in there and you're good to go or put cold water in there and then you can have some cold brew they use 100 compostable packaging so just in case you dropped it please don't but if you did it's gonna biodegrade into the ground. It's great for backcountry travel or any time you just don't feel like breaking out the coffee maker, or the French press, or whatever. I actually use them all the time just in my house when I don't feel like making a big pot of coffee. So check them out at csinstant.coffee and use the code adventure at checkout to get a discount. No, no. I love, I love getting into why and the deeper things, you know, it's cool talking about equipment and stuff, but honestly, I, I'd rather talk about stuff that's, that's, that applies to all of us, you know, cause you know, a lot of people can relate to that. They might be alone in what they're doing. I definitely feel that sometimes. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, your, your girlfriend does this with you too. Uh, did you recently meet her or, or was it, was that helpful in finding someone else to do this?
1: Um, Yeah, so we met like three years ago, three and a half years ago, and she's from Chicago, um, and she's a roller skater, and strangely enough, my best friend, at the same time I was transitioning to like this ultra blading, he got into roller derby for a minute, and then he got into the trick skating on the roller skates, which was super bizarre because, you know, I've watched him be a roller blader for 17 years, and then suddenly he's on roller skates which you would think is like a step backwards. Um, But he's crazy talented on roller skates. It's incredible to watch him. And so he started traveling to Chicago to meet these roller girls. So I started going and me and my girlfriend met. um, And she had been interested in big wheel blading, you know, for exercise. And I I helped her find her first pair and she started skating. And then I just said, hey, let's skate together. (laughs) Our first date actually was... um, she came to Iowa and she did the last day of Raggby with me. Um, do you know what Raggby is?
0: Heck yeah! On oh, but on bikes, I'm a cyclist, but I did. You can skate
1: it too. Um, yeah, I mean, they never told me I couldn't. Um, That's too cool. <laughs> I've done it three years in a row, and I love it. Like, it's definitely a a super super crazy feat to do it on skates, but it's you know for the extreme challenges, it has like extreme benefits and it just feels awesome after you complete it. Are
0: you the only person doing it on skates?
1: Um, you know, I met the first year I did it, there was a speed skater from San Diego, a retired Olympic speed skater, and his daughter was cycling it. So he would do a day of, of skating and then he'd cycle for a few days and then do a day of skating. Um, so that was re- really reassuring because when I f- did my first rag ride, I thought I'd be completely alone. You know, like none of my friends really knew what it was. They didn't know what I was trying and they didn't because of that, you know, they weren't able to like give me the support I needed. So I was really like alone for that one. And then when I met that guy on the first day, I thought, wow, like it was so reassuring to see someone else doing it. Um, and then the second year I did it, I was completely by myself, but honestly, I I loved it. Like it was, it was, you know, the first year was a challenge. And the second year I came back and just like, you know, powered through it i just like had trained so hard all year and just said like i'm gonna do this um, i actually uh this site Big Blue Blading wrote an article about the first year i did ragbri and the the title of the article was caleb smith conquers the ragbri challenge and you know that first ragbri was so hard because like by the third day i couldn't walk my back was cramping up my legs were cramping up i had to take a day off the day after that i had to take a day off um, and it didn't feel like I conquered rag ride. So I, I made it, made it a point to like train extra hard. And I showed up the next year I skated every single mile of rag ride plus extra miles in the night t- in the stay over towns, you know, just doing my like personal skates. Um, and I really, I really, really enjoyed it. And she showed up, my girlfriend showed up on the last day. Um, she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. It was our first date and she showed up and skated 70 miles with me and it was super crazy
0: <laughs> holy cow 70 miles as a first date i mean yeah, i mean that's just, a lot to do on a bike is, is that kind of typical on skates to
1: do in a day you know it's it's not i i think a really good average day is like 40 to 50 miles um 70 miles is definitely like an extreme day uh and that day i think we were both kind of you know, on that cosmic energy, um, that helped us out. Cause we honestly, we, we had breakfast and then we started skating and we kept saying, Oh, we'll stop. Eventually we'll stop. Eventually And we stopped once for an ice cream cone and we stopped another time for, uh, some pickle juice and a pickle. And that was all we had the whole day. And we just skated 70 miles and talked about life. And I mean, it didn't feel like 70 miles. It felt like seven miles. It was nuts.
0: What what were you thinking about her at that point
1: after that day? Like, this girl's amazing? I think in the year leading up to that, I got three of my friends to skate five miles with me. And so I thought, you know, I thought, man, it, you know, is she going to drop out right away? She didn't drop out. And, you know, after 40 miles, I thought, this is so crazy. And after 70 miles, I thought, this girl is incredible. This is like... Um, <laughs> she's right here in front of me <laughs> reading so okay you know really feel <laughs> <laughs> at at the end of that seventy mile day, I like we, we went to the, the river crossing, you know, at the end of rag ride, it's customary to dip your tires in the Mississippi River, and we got there and there was this huge line of cyclists waiting at the dipping point, and we kind of just... As we skated up, you know, people knew us. People had been cheering for us all day. You, when you skate on Rag Bright, you kind of become like a micro celebrity, and it's pretty cool. Um, but everyone cheered for us as we crossed the finish line, and they kind of parted ways, and they let us skate through, and we skated up to the river, and I turned around, and I kissed. I asked her if I could kiss her, and I told her she was one of the most incredible women I've ever met in my life. And, you know, since then it's been growing incredible. We've done so many crazy things in the this year and a half.
0: Holy cow, man. That is that is awesome. So, you know, from that point like uh, how how big you know, your vision obviously has gotten bigger. You've done some trips. How did that go about? Did you just suggest, "Hey, let's let's make some trips happen?"
1: Yeah. Um so like our next big trip we did together was the New Mexico trip. Um she She's a graphic designer and I was in the middle of traveling and had been kind of planning this trip and she was transitioning from her job at a design firm to be the creative director for Rydell Roller Skates. So they kind of said, you know, we'll give you a two week time period to like buffer things out. And then she said, you know, how about could I do four weeks because I'm trying to do this trip and everything just lined up perfectly perfectly. We both got one way tickets to El Paso, Texas and um, kind of just like planned it out like rag vibe vibes. We had, we carried our gear with us. Um, I'm, re- I'm, I've been doing like ultralight backpacking for a while, so I'm pretty, pretty good at packing what I need to survive. And it was definitely like an interesting swing trying to do it for a, a blade packing trip. Um, but, you know, we packed our gear, we picked you know, the route that we thought would work best, and we just started skating. And that trip was incredible. I mean, it had moments of setbacks for sure. One second. It had moments of setbacks and moments of, like, you know, you can plan any trip you want as much as you want. You can plan the routes. You can think that you have everything you need, but you always are going to face with new challenges and, and difficulties. And, I mean... It was like the first day of ragby right? Like it just, we would start skating and the scenery was so beautiful. It was so easy to get lost in conversation. And definitely during the hard parts, you know, it'd be quiet. We'd just, just the sound of us skating, you know, up a mountainside you know, or through like a, you know, a desert plain, but it was awesome. It's like, I'm really trying to get more people into blade packing because it's an experience that's kind of hard to find and I, a lot of bike packers can relate they they know what it, what it's like you know to carry your gear and to just camp and kind of be free floating and not have like a certain direction you know what I mean
0: yeah man I, I have a I'm a bike packer by not trade but whatever that's my thing and when I saw the term blade packing I was I have literally have never seen that word <laughs> I know what it is but i wanted to hear what the heck how do you do not how do you do that i understand like how it works but what an interesting idea you and you and so just to be clear you and your girlfriend blade packed literally toured on rollerblades across new mexico and you carried all your own stuff with with no support correct correct i i would i would love to hear more about that that is that is an incredible idea When you first had the idea, what did your girlfriend say?
1: Uh, Honestly, I had planned the whole thing out pretty good. And I just said, like, uh, I had planned this out long before I met her. And I said, like, hey, I'm doing this. Would you want to do it? And she said, you know, she didn't really question me, honestly. Which, thinking back on that, it's kind of (laughs) weird. But she just said, let's do it. Um, She said, what do I need? You And we started collecting the gear for her. What do you need for something like that? Uh, I, I You know, I have that packing list. I, I wrote everything down that we carried just so we would know. Um, we took our aggressive skates and we mailed them to skaters that we had gotten connected to online. So we wouldn't have to carry those. Because um, we weren't going to, you know, trick skate the whole time. We just wanted to trick skate in some of the more major cities with skate parks. So we had our big wheel blades, uh, backpacks. A little bit of clothing, ultralight tent, ultralight camping set. Um, so,
0: so, pretty much backpacking just with rollerblades on your feet.
1: Honestly, yeah, it's it's just back. It's just backpacking with rollerblades, but you know you got to carry a couple extra parts for your skates, and that's it. Yeah,
0: man. Same with me. With the bike, I carry you know some patch kits, a few little tools, but other than that. It's pretty much backpacking just on the road and trails, you know, too, because if you're on a mountain bike, you can take trails. But was it hard getting used to the weight on your back or did you did you train for it? How how did that work?
1: Um, you know, we I got I knew I've done enough backpacking that I knew the the weight was going to be difficult. So I like really tried to cut as much as we could out and we got our packs pretty light Um, they were like right around 20 pounds each. Um, and it was definitely interesting getting used to it at first. Um, it was more like, you know, wearing your helmets and having the pack come up on your back and like your head can't go back as much. It's like kind of a strange feeling to get used to, but it wasn't really harder to skate. It just was more of a workout, honestly. And then after, you know, the first couple days we got used to it and it never really, Never really bothered us to have our backpacks. There was one time I wiped out though with the the pack on and that definitely was a bummer. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) say the least, (laughs) I'm
1: sure. (laughs) We like, we we turned down this road. The roads there were all insane. You know, we'd skate, you know, there was one of the skates we did to this, we were in Roswell and we skated, we were supposed to be there for four days so we wanted to skate to this um, state park And so we – it was 23 miles out, so we started to skate, and the road was, like, broken and gravelly and awful. And it was, like – we just kept telling ourselves, oh, it's going to change eventually. Every road, it changes eventually. And 20 miles in, it had not changed. And we were, like, 20 miles of bad roads is, like, 100 miles of skating. It's awful. Um, And then we, like – we – come to the end of this awful road and it's a big hill and we skate up this huge hill and then it was like this two mile decline into this state park and it was like this perfect brand new road on the edge of this bluff that overlooks these lakes and it's just like moments like that like you forget that you just had 20 miles of you know super intense skating you just say you just it's so overwhelming and beautiful and you're just like man like it's i it's so hard to express in words um all right what was the question I got lost there for a second
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know man it just sounds amazing you 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 uh you fell you bombed like so wipe out yeah
1: we our route kept getting crazy and we were like kind of detouring on the edge of this town and there was like we could continue on this highway that was like kind of full of a lot of traffic or we could take this side road and we like are looking at this side road and it's a, it's like a little leading down into it. And it like looked kind of weird. The ground looked weird. And I thought this might be like loose sand or something. Let me check it out. And I started to skate down this hill ahead of her, like 20 feet probably. And I hit the bottom of this hill and and it was, it was like an inch and a half of sand and my feet stuck and I kind of Superman forward with my pack and like Mm. my pack and everything landed on me. And I hit my, like, I hit shoulder first and somehow like I didn't get hurt at all, but it was like a big, heavy fall, you know, falling with the pack is never easy to be graceful, but somehow I just like got really lucky. Aside from that, we didn't have any other wipeouts the whole 23 days.
0: Holy cow, man. And now was was it, I don't know anything about it. Is is it hard to slow down on some of those big passes going downhill with that pack on your back?
1: It's not harder. You just have to be more conscious of like the distance it takes because our braking maneuvers, like a bike, you know, um, we got to drag our foot. So like to stop on like a super steep hill, you're dragging your foot super hard, which one shreds your wheels up Two is like. A lot of strain on the inside of your knee, especially if you're carrying a heavy pack. So you kind of got to learn to like um, pivot like you're on skis and kind of ski down the big hills um, versus just shooting straight down them. But then on some, like on some of the highways with the shoulders, like that definitely was like crazier because you got to like, you just have to really be aware of your speed because you never want to get to a point where you're out of control. There was, I think one of my favorite parts of that trip was we skated from Los Alamos to Jemez Springs, New Mexico. Um, Los Alamos is where they invented the atomic bomb. It's like the whole government base is there. And we kind of just like, you can walk, not through it, but it's like split on two sides of the road. So we like walked through and got to explore all that area. And then when we left Los Alamos, it was basically, it's like a 3,000 foot climb over like five miles, six miles maybe. So it's like you're skating straight uphill. Um, but then coming down, it was like the, the, the climb was all in the beginning. And then the descent was like perfectly, you know, even across the next 25 miles. So we just coasted down these like long, beautiful hills, got to see like the most incredible nature Uh, up on top of the Himes mountains. It was like everything was blanketed in a layer of snow and there's all these green pine trees and the sky is clear forever. And then the road is like warmer than the town, So it's like perfectly dry and there's no traffic. Like this road, um, people don't really travel through the Jemez mountains, unless they're going to this one little town or these little hot springs. So there was virtually no traffic. So for like seven hours, we skated this, it, it was 25 miles, but it took us a while. Um, but we just skated like through the most beautiful scenery with the roads to ourselves, no worries about anything. Oh man.
0: That sounds incredible, man. How did your girlfriend like it? Just an unbelievable experience for the
1: two of you. Yeah, I mean every moment we are just awestruck. And we're we want to do it again. We're trying to we're trying to pick the next place, but every single moment of the trip it was like, you know, we ran into incredible people we saw incredible things and like you know through blade through uh bikepacking like the experience is always like so different than regular life and yeah for her like it was definitely different than anything she'd ever done because um, she hadn't yet she'd only done the one day of rag ride so she didn't get like a camping experience and like back-to-back days of like skating far and, you know, RAGBRAI is even different than just being by yourself because you're surrounded by thousands of cyclists. But she loved it. And once, like, New Mexico was the trip that, like, really propelled my mind into the, like, ideas of, like, I want to start skating through the craziest places in the world and just, like, experience them and show other people what they're like.
0: Can I ask you this? Uh, a lot of bike packers get get – you know they get oogled at wherever they are and asked a million questions what were some of the reactions that people had seeing what you're doing Uh, I mean surely people asked you all the time like what the heck are you guys doing out here
1: oh yeah people thought we were crazy
0: I mean I'm looking at pictures people have to look at this you guys are giant backpacking backpacks with it just out in the middle of nowhere in the desert. I can't imagine what people thought.
1: Yeah. I mean, all, all positive reactions. Um, but people thought we were crazy and they, um, man, I don't even know. People were just like, so kind to us. They would say like, tell, tell us what you're doing and, and why. And they'd say, let us buy you a meal. And we'd sit down and have breakfast or have coffee and just like talk to these people about skating. Cause it is, like you said, you, you don't see skating very much anymore. Um, so when you do see it, especially in this form, it's like really strange. And I think, I think the, the coolest part was that uh, Skate Through the himas Mountains, we came across um, this little town, La Cueva. It's like maybe 150 people. It's, it's more of a village. Um, but there's a really fancy pizza place there. And we went inside, and the owner was like, Whoa! This is—you guys are the first rollerbladers I've ever seen here, Um, which was like a a cool cool experience because like, you know, everybody's done everything already. So many crazy things have been done, especially in like extreme sports. And when you hear like, oh man, we were the first skaters to skate through this mountain pass, it's like, it's kind of a cool life victory. Like a you know like, put that up on your like award shelf. Like, man, we were the first people (laughs) that did that. Um, and that guy, he was so cool. He thought we were crazy. And we said, you know, we're trying to make it to this campsite at, at this time. And he said, you know, don't even sweat it. Um, on top of his pizza business, he renovated, uh, Airstreams and he would, he would do Airbnbs out of all these Airstreams. So he gave us an Airstream for the night for free on this, uh, stream. And it was just like in this little valley in the mountains and the stars, there was like a billion stars out. And we had this fire. And we were just camping in this airstream and it was like so sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean when you're doing things that are out of the norm like that and you're you're a friendly good person, you just it's the 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 connections like that, the experiences like that that you could obviously never plan for that really make those experiences like just so unforgettable and so amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we've stayed friends with. So many of the people that we met on that trip, we just stay connected with them and periodically text them and say, "Hey, I hope you guys are well <laughs> so And like true. we I, I want to go back to New Mexico at some point and do that trip again, or at least do parts of it because like the Jimmez Mountain skate was so incredible. And southern New Mexico, so beautiful. like New Mexico as as a whole is like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I would have never I would have never known what it's like there. I in my mind pictured, A desert for as far as you could see Um, and then we go to skate there and it's like lush desert deserts like lush forests mountains like lakes every type of nature and scenery is there and it was like so mind-blowing to think about
0: so you didn't you didn't know what it was like beforehand that's that's pretty cool it's an amazing place
1: yeah super amazing
0: what do you think was the biggest lesson you learned on, on, on this, what, 23-day experience?
1: I think we both, we got really good at leaning into each other when we needed energy, which is, I think, one of the, it's definitely one of the best parts about having, like, a partner that, you know, shares the same passion with me and, and enjoys these crazy skates. Because, you know, there's moments when you're skating and you feel totally overwhelmed and you're like, I'm ready to be done. And then, like, I would look up and I would see Bambi skating, you know, crushing it. You know, she's she's leaving me behind on a hill. And I'm thinking, this little girl is carrying this pack and all this weight up this hill. And she kind of would just look at me and just be like, you know, you got this, too. And it would just, like, refresh your energy and, and make, you know, make you feel good. And I just, like, keep going. And there were moments where I did that for her, and I think that was just, like, a super integral part of us being able to make it across that trip. And also just like chilling out definitely like in life, you don't get a lot of opportunities to be outside of your normal life routine. Um, but like 23 days is a long time. And you just really learn that even with all the problems of life, like it's best to just like be chill and just take everything, you know, don't be so serious about everything. And I think that trip was that for us. Like we just 23 days of what would be really hard work, but we were so chill and easy minded about it and just like carried each other. And like, that was definitely the biggest part of that trip for me.
0: You said it, uh, kind of expanded your vision of of what you'd like to do in the future. Just what's possible. What kind of ideas are floating around and or what do you have planned for for another uh, blade packing
1: trip? So um, this last like year and a half as my skates have gotten crazier, um, I'm sure you saw I've been like trying to connect. I've been trying to do more. I don't know if charitable is the right phrase, but like charitable skating or skating that is not just really cool, but like has a bigger Picture to it purpose maybe yeah bigger purpose so I I, you know I had never done anything like that aggressive skating you know it was always like I'm gonna film the coolest tricks I'm gonna film the coolest thing these other skaters are gonna think this is cool and that's all it was about you know like getting really good and learning to do the coolest tricks and now with this with big wheel blading and you know the like mental things I've gone through and the meditation and the like finding myself I definitely went through that phase of like what am I doing? What's the bigger purpose here? And I started to shift my skating towards a bigger purpose. And I'd seen, you know, cyclists do charities all the time, runners do charities and all that. And I started to try to do that. But I had no clue what I was doing. Like, for as much as like, ultra blading is like a new thing for me, and almost a new niche for the sport. It was like, that was unknown to me. But also the like, charity things was unknown. I didn't know if you just like, Call a place up and say I want to do this, and I started literally doing that. I start I my the first ragbri I reached out to a children's charity in Iowa and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna rollerblade ragbri." I know that sounds crazy, but like I would love to connect it to your guys's charity, and they said, "Okay," and then I did that, and it's been like a learning experience trying to do that, and it's also been inexperienced trying to translate that for the people seeing what I'm doing because I feel like, a, you know, a sport like cycling has so much history behind it and so many people are aware of it that when a cyclist says, I'm going to go do a hundred mi- mile ride for this charity, so many people are like, whoa, that's crazy. When I say I'm going to do it on blades, people are at first kind of confused and kind of like, like – Um, they never, they, a lot of people haven't seen stuff like that. And so that's been like a learning curve for me trying to figure out not only how to, you know, going through the struggle of doing these crazy feats, but also like trying to connect them to a bigger message and, and stay on top of that and share what I think is positive things. And that's been going pretty well. And then like with the New Mexico thing, um, and with Ragbri again for the third year, I kind of started to see like. You know, I think one of the things I really enjoy is t- showing people, you know, this a perspective of what this place they have never been to is like, um, and I feel like blade packing definitely gives me a different view than, than what a lot of people get to see, um, so I'm, my goals right now are to, I want to start going to places that people are super unaware of or people have such a wrong idea of, and I just want to skate them and do everything the same, meet people and, and see the nature and see the way cities work and, sh- and share that perspective with the world to try and broaden their horizon, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like an amazing way to travel and an amazing way to actually experience a place where, you know, you feel the air, you, you smell the smells. You, you're, you can, if someone If something interesting catches your eye, you can stop. look at it and talk to somebody and and obviously man i think it's a great idea to connect this with bigger purpose if that's what you want to do just because you know a lot of people are doing the cycling or the running trips but honestly it's kind of a dime a dozen not saying it's not a good thing but there's so many of them you can definitely get lost in the uh in the multitude of of charitable rides or whatever but if you're blading You're going to be the only one doing it for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you're (laughs) going to really stick out in people's minds saying, Whoa, this guy, you'll never believe who I just met. This guy's rollerbladed like across America for this cause. It's amazing. And, you know, you Google that and you're the only one that's going to pop up.
1: (laughs) You know? Um, I've got two, the two biggest ones that I'm really proud of. Um, Did you see the Athens to Atlanta skate that I did? No, I didn't. Okay, so um, Athens to Atlanta is an 87 mile road race. And I've been it's been on my list for the last few years. And last year, I said, I guess it'd be the year before last because it just happened last month. Um, A year and a month ago, I was going to do it. And I kept hearing rumors about this crazy old guy that skates the route backwards the night before the race. And through Internet talk, everybody said, oh, this a bunch of people do this every year. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'm going to join these guys. And I wanted to connect it to a charity. Um, so I did that. I got connected with um, an Atlanta based charity that works with victims of sexual violence. Um, and I was like, I'm going to try to skate 200 miles in one day. And I was like, it was such a strange thing for me because I'm trying to hype this up in people's mind I'm like I'm gonna skate 200 miles in a day and I did this whole online campaign and I I like was bringing up talking points that I thought um you know it's that was that was challenging for me because I wanted to bring awareness to this cause and I but I had to do it delicately because you know coming from a male in our society right now like things are super crazy and so I just tried to like be myself and say like hey this is you know, some of my experiences, and this is some of my friends' experiences, and this is how I feel like this, and I, I'm going to do this crazy thing, and I want to raise money for this organization. And it's like, you know, I, that's how I put it, basically. And I, I did, I, I get there, and I find out that this guy has done it by himself eight years in a row. No one's ever done it with him. So, you know, I say, hey, I'm really going to do this. And this guy is old school speed skater, you know, never turns backwards, never leaves the ground. He just skates forward like a speed skater. And it was a really interesting um, moment in my career, you know, meeting this guy and another one of our friends joined. And I skated a a marathon in downtown Atlanta. I started at 5 p.m. on a Saturday and I skated this marathon in downtown Atlanta and then had dinner and then got on the bike trail that led out of the city and we skated the 87 miles to the starting line of the race. We got there, we had enough time to change our socks, eat some food, rest for 10 minutes. And then the race was starting. So we, I skated 113 miles and then turned around and skated this 87 mile road race back. Um, which is crazy. Cause I went through so many like mental barriers and so many like layers of like self, in that 20 hours of just like 20 hours of nonstop skating um and that one was like I kept thinking like man definitely no one else is doing this why like why aren't people thinking this is crazy and I realized it's like it it is just like a strange it's a strange thing where people haven't seen it so they don't know how to react to it you know
0: yeah man yeah that's what a feat though I mean how did how did it feel to actually <sighs> do it
1: It felt awesome. I mean, I don't know what it's like to cycle a crazy long distance. I do a lot of cycling in town to get around. Um, I think the most I've honestly ever done in a day is 30 miles on a bike. But when you start doing a distance on skates and after, you know, you start to hit a wall and once you break through that wall, your brain kind of goes to this zen place. And with each new wall you break through, you're in this different layer of like, strange chaotic zen and after 200 miles like I my brain's never felt that way before I was on the world's like most extreme runner's high and it was nuts I crossed this finish line there's was, it was a road race and you know so everyone had already finished I think I came in sixth from last which I'm you know for skating 200 miles I'm happy about yeah, that I did the whole route <laughs> once already so not bad but crossing the finish line was it was really cool especially because there were a couple people there that told me what I was doing was a bad idea and was dangerous and they said I wouldn't make it and I think that is a motivator and to cross the finish line having done this like crazy physical feat but also like having the bonus the bonus of like doing it for something cooler was so awesome and like my favorite my, my favorite part of that whole experience was um, the fifth checkpoint of the race. There's checkpoints of the race where they hand out bananas and waters for, for the skaters going by. Um, the fifth one was ran by this woman and her two daughters. And her two daughters were standing on the side of the road handing out waters and bananas. And she was taking photos of the skaters as they went by. And I was having this moment where I was just like, Super worn out. You know, I'm like 150 miles in. I'm by myself. I've been by myself for five hours. Like, I'm going through so much mental stuff and I'm like trying in my head to, to ground myself and say, like, hey, remember what you're doing this for. I keep going. And I come around this corner and these two little girls are standing there and they run out to the road and they hand me this water. And I think, oh man, what like a blessing right now. And I was like, it helped me to keep going. And then, Three nights later, they had the Atlanta social skate and I was there. And the woman who was taking photos came up to me and she had found out about the 200 miles and about the charity and she had written or read some of the things I wrote about it. And she pulled me aside and said, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. Like, I appreciate, you know, I have two daughters and I think what you're doing is super important and super incredible to them. And that to me was way cooler than like, you know, any companies or, or online or anybody like saying like, this is really sick. It was like such a personal moment in my career where I was like, yes, like, this is what I've been looking for. This is the, this is like the bigger thing that has felt so good and like helped me to just like keep going with these crazy things.
0: Dude, that, that is so amazing to hear. Uh, You know, I, there, you know, in the world of adventure or extreme sports, there's so much focus on your own story, your own goals. Like you said, making make, doing things that other people are going to think it, is cool. But when you're able, for anyone that's never experienced it, if, if you're able to use that passion or that skill of just pushing yourself to do something what people consider crazy, if you can do that for the sake of others. I don't think there's any better combination of of things in in all of life, you know? And when you have an experience like that, that kind of affirms it and says, this means a lot to me. Thank you for doing this. Oh my gosh. What, what an experience, man. That's, that's really cool. I hope you continue doing this kind of stuff and, you know, helping people in, in, in whatever causes that ends up being, you know?
1: Yes, me too.
0: Anything on the horizon for you?
1: Yeah, I've got quite a few crazy things planned this summer. We're going to see how they pan out. Um, but my biggest blade packing one is I'm really interested in skating the US Mexico border. Um, mm. I saw that a BBC travel writer cycled the border, which I know there's a lot of like gravel roads right against the border. Yes. But there's, I've been doing research and finding highways and trying to plan a route. But I really want to skate the US Mexico border and experience it because I know that, you know, it's scary. And I think right now, in this current time and place, there's a lot of chaos and a lot of unknown. A lot of people don't really know what's going on down there. And honestly, like, I have a lot of family members that. On Facebook, I'm sure you. I'm sure a lot of people experience the same thing. But you, you, f- you have friends or family members that aren't really aware of a place, and then they start talking bad about it. And I think, man, you, you've never been there. You've never been to this place. You don't know what it's like. You know, there's going to be nature there. There's going to be parks. There's going to be restaurants and coffee shops and, and art and and people doing what they love and life like going on like it does every day and i like want to go skate that and i want to see what it's like and i want to meet these people and see their stories you know and and just like say hey you guys don't know what this place is like but it's beautiful just like everywhere else is and and everywhere has its problems um but that's like a real big one on my list this year i want to i want to make that happen and just do my best to like put some good energy in that direction because i know it definitely needs it
0: yeah, man, I, I, I've i cycled some of the border, um, a lot of road, but like right up against it, and it was it was an experience. Um, there, there's places where people were warning me like constantly, like you got to be careful just because a lot of attention is on the border with getting things across the border. It's like there's a lot of – a lot does go on there. Um, but yeah, overall, it was definitely an interesting experience to see it and see what it's really like, and I feel like if I talk about it now – I know a lot more of what I'm talking about than I did before and uh good and bad like it was it was it was awesome it's beautiful you know it's it it is it is a trip just to think there's mountains there's all kinds of stuff to cross you know it's it's you know in New Mexico you probably close to it at point oh you were close to it That'd, that'd be a cool trip man so you would you would do the patrol roads right there against the border huh
1: yeah as close as I can get um I know a lot of them are probably unpaved.
0: Yeah. All the ones that I was on were unpaved.
1: And that definitely makes for a challenge, but I can
0: imagine. (laughs) And, uh, then there's (laughs) places where there's just no border because the, the, the line it's on is going right over these super jagged mountains. So the fence just ends. You go around the mountains. It's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy.
1: (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to get there and face like a whole number of challenges, but that's on my list. Um, I want to do, I want to attempt a triple century, which has been done on a closed course by a speed skater. Um, but I want to try to do it outdoors just for the sake of seeing how crazy that would be. Um, and then I would also, I've been talking about it for a couple of years cause I had a friend who skated across the U.S. a couple of years ago. Um, but I want to try to, I would love to try to set the Guinness world record for skating across the United States. And I want to, I want to do it in 30 days. So it would be New York to San Diego. And I think it comes out to like right around 107 miles a day for 30 days. And so my mind, you know, like as I, when I pick a goal that I want to do, I start to research it and I start to talk about it and like slowly manifest it. And when I say that one, like people are like, Oh man, that just sounds crazy and not fun. And I think about it like, I start with like, oh, yeah, man, skating 107 miles is going to be cool. And then skating 107 miles the next day, that's going to be really interesting. (laughs) And I think about like after day 10, what is that going to be like? That's an unknown that I've never experienced. Am I going to like become like a super athlete who suddenly is like, you know, what is that going to be like? What's my body going to feel like? What's my mind going to feel like? Like, I I think it's going to be awesome, honestly. Or I'm going to fail and learn, you know, a super valuable lesson. And I've like definitely failed a couple times on my big trips. And, you know, I'm, I'm used to that. I'm used to failing and I'm used to like things not going right. And um, that honestly, if I could go back to that question you asked earlier about one of the biggest lessons, I think that is one of them, too, is that, like failure is not a bad thing. It's just just another direction that you have to go sometimes to figure out where you're going. And you've always, I learned so much every time I fail, you know, I learned how to, how to treat my body differently, how to, what I need to carry, how to treat where I'm going and how to understand things. And like, I really graciously accept failure. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful for that life lesson that skating gave to me because it transcends my skating and it goes into other parts of life. I'm, I'm left, I'm less afraid to try new things because, you know, if I fail, it's like, okay, well, I just try it differently or I try something else. and, And that is just like, I think a really good, healthy thing that it's done for me.
0: Someone told me the other day that experience is, experience is what you get when, when you don't get what you want. Um, and you know, if you want to succeed in this and you, f- and you failed, well, you just got experience and that is exactly. obviously hugely valuable. And when you get what you want, you don't get as much experience necessarily. You kind of, you get a success, you get something you can put on a resume or something, whatever. But you know what I mean? They're both, to in my opinion, completely equal in value and in their benefit. But dude, you know, I, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and making it happen so quick. Thank you, man. Perfect. All right. Well, let's stay in touch and I'll let you know when it comes out.
1: Cool. Cool. All
0: right. Have a good Sunday.
1: Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.
0: First of all,